just this pain, putting his ego aside. They are inviting Johnny Cashmere into the world of the hate club for one night only. It's Sparta. The first time I ever saw someone get hit with a light tube was Best of the Best 2002. Not a deathmatch show, uh, but it features a non-match angle where Wife Beater suplexes Lobo off the stage at the ECW arena um, and then stands over him. And Lobo has a knee brace on, and he's got his Punisher uh, hockey jersey. And all of this (laughs) resonating very much with me, a 13-year-old. Wife Beater stands over him with a single light tube, um, holds it like it's his penis, and does one single jerk-off motion on it, and then smashes it over Lobo's face. And that, that changed my life. Hell yeah. Do you have any, anything like that, that that just sticks out to you, like jumps out to you immediately? I saw the first time I ever, because to me, of course, it goes back to CZW too. Um, I, being from Philly uh, area, we had the all-time channel wgtw48 okay and that had fake you tv fake you tv fake you tv with the theme song the greatest theme song of all time and i remember seeing wife theater and just coming out and you know the bag of sour cream and onion hers (laughs) and there's the weed whacker it's it's more ephemeral than anything mm. but all of this and like the i, I want it was at one of the delaware shows because it was uh, um outdoors it wasn't at champs soccer arena but and just one of the briscoes just flying into the fucking crowd and just but i saw the thing the match that i could say for sure that i could say oh that match was Cage Def, baby. Cage Def Free. Lobo Zandig. Okay. For control of the company, of <laughs> course. Why wouldn't it be? And. Sus- that was, that's not suspended, but that was. That's where Zandig was on the hooks, right? No, that was part of the uh, high five angle. Okay. Jeez. That was. That was the first one, though, in the arena, in the ECW arena. That was the first show ever there. And that had, like, scaffolding on top of the cage that had be- And it wasn't just, like... And it was, like... And it ends with Justice Payne and Wife Feeder and all of this. It's such a CZW ending. And just this... The meatiest of the Jersey meatheads... John Zandig himself just prostrate on the scaffold bleeding and you're like this is it <laughs> and then also on that show had um, one of the all time matches in terms of I, mean, I don't know how 
I haven't watched it because I wouldn't. But it's not Deathmatch. But like where you're like, oh, Red in the SAT versus uh, Divine Storm and Brian XL, and you're like, and Red hits like a Code Red, not a Code Red, the Infrared. The Infrared. The fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it looks like he fucking double stomps Brian XL. I always remembered it that it's not true. That's not actually how it went. <laughs> But he always landed that, legs, though. Legs on the yes, person's face. Yeah, exactly. And I remember seeing that at nine years old and thinking, okay, no, this is... Th- that's the end of it. This is it. This is my life now. <laughs> not, I'm not going to be this. I can't... I'm not tall. I mean, I'm taller than Red, maybe, but I don't... That's not saying much. I'm not athletic. I can't walk right. But I'm going to watch this. I'm going <laughs> to... And I'm going to fuck Adam Lash's mom. <laughs> and there we go. That's the first time one of us has said that uh, on this podcast. I don't know how often we'll be saying it, but anyway. <laughs> so, Red doing an infrared, landing feet first onto his opponent. He broke Akuto Hadaka's face that way, it should be noted. Yeah. That's not the kind of gross thing that we'll be talking about usually here, but that is gross. Wrestling is gross, yes. which is the name of this podcast. It is yes. Uh, Wrestling is gross. I don't know if this is episode one or episode zero. We're going to see how the recording comes out. Um, <laughs> that's that's the that's the fear of recording a podcast for the first time. I don't even have hosting yet. Um, I can't afford hosting until Friday, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, I don't think Amazing Red will ever appear on this podcast. Well, yeah. Unless we can get him as a guest. Yes. <laughs> I mean... That Gangone, that Gangone match is pretty gross. Is it Gangone? I, I have no t- clue. <laughs> I wanted to give it the more Italian, but I think it's Gangone. That's still pretty Italian when you say it like that. Uh, that, that match is gross that, and dramatic, but it's not gross. I don't know. Yes. That's a good match. May, that's too good of a match to appear on this podcast. Yes. That's way too good. Yeah. It's too good of a match that isn't... like they're, Okay, so like... There's some go- some high end gross wrestling, Magnum Tully, horrific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't hit that level of gross. I don't know. That's something to think about if there is a. But I don't think there is. But like a threshold, like what's the line? What's the line, and what it, what it all means, and right. like. And well, that, there's first of all, there's never too gross. We can't reach too gross because that doesn't exist, right? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna do the Mike Levy thing at some point. Yeah, like, I've, never, I've never seen the Mike Levy incident, so I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> you like a it? friend? Is that your? I do. I was also, but I was also thinking, of course, of the great poster. And... Oh yes. <laughs> uh, no, one time we convinced Ava that uh, that they were the same person. Actually, yes. Didn't, uh... didn't the Mike Levy who got beat up like didn't he like kill himself or something? No, he's still alive. The... Oh okay. Who killed? Uh, Mike Bell killed himself, I think. Mike, I'm kid, off the top of my head, don't even know who that is. Was he, he was, he's the guy who gets killed in that. Okay, he bops oh, something mass on Perry Saturn. No, 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 no. He does. <laughs> do you remember the, the? It's a jacked or metal or something with Saturn, and he work. He botches something or goes stiff on Saturn, and Saturn just loses his shit, and that ended up and. I kind of killed Saturn's push. He was going to be the guy out of the radicals. No, he wasn't. And then, nope, that was the end of that. He (laughs) overdosed on a combination of roids and just coke and 
sure. meth and just being a dude f- from Poughkeepsie, New York, shout out, who uh, was a like UPW m- meathead. Okay. Have you ever seen – what's the name of that documentary um, about steroids? I, uh, I haven't seen it. it it's good. It's uh, fat, bigger sh- – Bigger, stronger, better, something like that. Uh, it's harder, really, faster, it's, bigger, stronger. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't think of the name the of Daft it. The Daft Punk song? Saw, I can't think of the name of it because I only saw it once at like 3 in the morning on ESPN Classic when I had ESPN Classic like seven years ago. But it's really fucking good. And the brother and the director, it, it was his brother. And he had two <laughs> brothers who were in this. It's like... It's worth watching because it's really – it's not like harrowing, but it is like a a combination of like a well-made A&E intervention episode mm-hmm. and like all of this like what – like like a Michael Moore kind of thing, but where you're not like – you don't have to see Michael Moore's horrible fucking face at, firstly. And secondly, it's – that the Michael Moore thing, if done well, is done well and it's still enjoyable. And that's like actually like, and it goes to, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a good documentary. It has nothing to do with anything though. But it's, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, steroids I are mean, gross. Steroids are gross, and we are going to be talking about a lot of steroid using meatheads. That's true. Throughout this, um, I know, find with- that most of the time in modern deathmatch wrestling, uh, there aren't enough jacked up people like that that are just clearly on HGH. HGH, but no. if you, I do think that at some point we will have to discuss Schlack, who is you know the most roided out of any of the current crop yes. of deathmatch guys. Um, and you know nothing else notable about Schlack, of course, except for that he is clearly on HGH. Um, yes, he's on, clearly on HGH and is five two. He's shorter he's short, than Damon. He cannot even lift. Um, he can't even lift Marcus Crane. Uh, I know. It's really weird. Or, or can't even lift G Raver, who yeah. is who has his like damn Quackenbush Luchador training yeah. and can jump into anything. And right. like, there's like, a solid spot from a match they had in 2017. But it's like G Raver doing like 90 percent of the work, and you're like, and uh, you know that guy Crispy Lettuce. Sure. He loves Schlack. Sure. I don't. He, of course he would. And <laughs> and he was like, wow, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. I'm like, bitch. It's a good match. It was just a pretty good match. But but it was like 80% G-Raver, the whole thing. I don't know. Imagine Damus in that match, really. Damus should just be should just be Schlack, but... Wrong color? You know, yeah. Well, similar color if you consider all the... All the tattoos, but um, all the tattoos, all the all the horrible, uh, just I, they all blend together. Stuff. I don't yeah. know if any of them are good or bad, um, but yeah, Schlack. I said we would talk about him. Uh, we did. We filled our Schlack quota. I think for probably the entire duration of this podcast, not just this episode, but every episode yeah, we ever do. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, he's not very good. No, um, uh, he has bad skin and. I am tempted every time I go into the city to go to his tattoo parlor and challenge him to trial by combat, but I might lose. I don't know. I don't think it's good that a deathmatch wrestler could be challenged to trial by combat by 
uh, a five-five cripple, and it'd be like a <laughs> coin flip. So I don't know. That's that's all. That's the end word on Schlack. Yeah. All right. Uh, close the book on Schlack. Didn't even mention the other stuff. Um, no. Don't need to. Already out there. Everybody knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have. We have uh, beyond the Schlack talk, beyond uh, talking about Amazing Red and Fake UTV, um, which I guess technically would probably come up later. Um, we have four matches, and that's sort of the format here. I think we're going to try to do uh, segmented. Um, you know, we did four this time. We're going to do however many. We'll take requests if anybody wants to hear us uh, talk, you know, vaguely about a specific match while trailing off into other stuff. Um, we're going to try to keep these shows under 90 minutes, but we have done <clears throat> about 10 or 15 already. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if we make it. Um, no, no, uh, no strict guidelines, but just we've talked about it being not as long as some other podcasts. Um, that's not the goal. As, not as long. That's all that matters. Uh, it's the motion. It's It's not the size of the boat it's the motion of the ocean that's right that's a terrible analogy but no no i think it's good i think it's really good um so we talked about what we're gonna do what we're gonna what's the first match we need to discuss right and uh we we talked through you know what's like the most famous death matches we found you know like the I, i did searches i did like um, I just typed the word deathmatch into YouTube and had it sort by views, and like that wasn't helpful at all. Like, no. Um, I, I, you know, I, I want to know what normal people like, you know. Um, but then yeah. I realized that's a fucking fool's errand because normal people, first of all, are not going to listen to this podcast uh, because they're not broken and into gross shit like we are. Um, yeah, we're not. We're not saying they can't. Feel free. I, I, I welcome all. Well. I welcome most, um, but for the most part, the people who listen to this, they're they're going to be the kind of people who will seek out, um, you know, the 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 piranha death match or uh, the you know, as mentioned earlier today, the uh, the match where Kendo Nakasaki uh, th- throws a cash register at a at a trainee and almost cuts his arm off with it. Um, they're here to hear us talk about that stuff. Because They're gonna be down with Gorky Championship Wrestling. Yeah, Gorky. And yeah, we're not talking about Gorky today, but we should. We we have to figure out what the hell is happening in any of these given matches right. first. But we, I plan to. I yeah. Plan to. Yeah. Well, uh, just uh, just briefly, we'll say Gorky Championship Wrestling is a Russian deathmatch promotion uh, that we've both, I think, seen one match from, and it was terrible, but it was disgusting, and I want to see more. It was, it was repulsive in all the best ways. That kind of, you know, the yin yang of repulsive and magnetic. Uh, I'm disgusted by it, but I'm drawn to it in equal measure. Right. I wanna I wanna eat it and then immediately throw up. Exactly. Um, yeah. Binge and purge. That's right. Binge and purge. That's right. So it's, it's not it's it's not just a concept. It's a way of life. Um, yeah. That's oh that's. Dark stuff. Okay. First match, we did decide. What's the most iconic spot to you? Well, we both came to this almost independently, and I don't think we did a full-on sitcom, sitcom moment where we said it to each other at the exact same time. Um, but it was pretty obviously the moment at the King of the Death matches 2003 when Toby Klein stands in the ring 
and lifts a VCR above his head and throws it at the Necro Butcher. Um, this is from IWA Mid-South, King of the Deathmatches 2003. I don't have a date, but it's June or July. First round, Necro Butcher versus Toby Klein. Um, great, great match. Great fucking match. Seven minutes of just two... Just two, two of the dregs of society, and two, you know, pillars of my heart, just, just killing each other. It's so okay, gross. So, how now? It's a fans bring the weapons match, mm-hmm. and that plays into it. And there's some good weapons, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't have that same sort of like <clears throat> real evolved thing where it's like here's. Like uh, the thumbtack dildo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just a, a sign from a Papa John's uh, delivery. <laughs> that guy's sign. He quit Papa John's that day probably and was like, oh, "Fucking, I'll dedicate this right to, to Necro." They wouldn't give him the Sanity. night off. Yeah, <laughs> and the weapon. What really? And the weapon shots. Are absolutely brutal. I mean, there's a lot of light tubes, of course, too, but they're not taped. They're just there. Yeah. Which I, I, watching modern, um, particularly Japanese wrestling, it's just like as much as I love it, I don't really need the light tubes to be so prominent. I just like when they're there, and, in, in in a sense. And yeah. it's more of a free-for-all for the tubes. We don't need so many contraptions, basically. No. Um, I think that's definitely notable here. And actually, in uh, the three matches that feature light tubes that we're going to cover tonight um, are all pretty, like, free-form. Um, grab them and hit the guy with them, but it's not like, here's uh, three light tube log cabins stacked on each other. Um this is from yeah. Clarksville, Indiana, um, which is my favorite IWA building. Uh, this is the era where I was getting these tapes pretty regularly. Um, and the, the the building has a bunch of regulars that I really like, such as Crazy Pipe Guy, um, the guy who smoked yeah. a pipe. That's basically his uh, thing. Yeah. They probably asked him not to. Um, usually Nate Webb would come out and they would dance together to Teenage Dirtbag. Um, and then one of my other favorite uh, notable uh, individuals in the crowd at almost every one of these shows is the seven foot tall woman in the Chris Hero T-shirt. Um, oh, I love her. And she's she... I think you could probably describe her as a seven foot tall woman wearing a Chris Hero T-shirt. That's pretty much the defining characteristic. You know yeah, who she, she looks like? Who played Jaws in the fucking James Bond movies? Richard. Uh, the fuck's that guy's name? She looks like that guy. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn that. It's more. She looks like sort of the Wario Chris Hero in a way. But the Wario you know, Chris Hero? This staff Wario Chris Hero. Now, that's not a perfect description, but he's a big man. She's a big woman. <laughs> it's what if, uh, you know. The, the, that, the, that, all of those fans are just wonderful. That's exactly what you want to say. Yeah. I want everyone there to just be someone my mom would have sold weed to. Yeah. No, exactly. for sure. It's um it's it's a it's a hell of a crowd. This is a uh, like a continuing tradition in IWM Mid South. I watched the King of the Death matches from this well from last year, twenty eighteen now. Um 
Uh, and I, I noticed, I, I believe, three, um, I don't know if they still use this term, but little people, uh, three different little people, not sitting together, all in different parts of the building. Um, Indiana is, you know, what can you say about Indiana besides that's Indiana? Um, it's a... <laughs> it's a hell of a town. It's a hell of a town. They, you know, they made make, make, make that town. Uh, my favorite town is Indiana. <laughs> um, this is a crazy match, though. Um, there, there's a lot of yeah. There's weapon shots, but it's nothing too elaborate. Um, uh, I've got I've got some listed here. Uh, he hits Toby with a toaster. Necro does, um, yeah. and then uh, I think Toby hits him back with a keyboard, um, which leads to a "You Got Mail" chant from. Which, <laughs> which an outdated <laughs> reference, even in two thousand three, I should say. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that I, but again, perfect for this environment. Hmm. And it was spontaneous. They just got email. <laughs> they just got email in Indiana at this point. It was so sp- it was so spontaneous and so perfect. Yeah, it was so innocent. This yeah. isn't, you know, some Brit rest bullshit. This is just. This is like. Their entire this is just what you go do. You go watch these two sweaty men beat each other with the things you brought. Here's you don't have a rummage sale. You have a donated to <laughs> Ian Rotten. That's true. It's it's interesting the the idea of uh, of holding a garage sale at all when you could just donate all of it uh, to Ian or or to Brett Lauderdale. Um, <clears throat> I do think. think it- <laughs> go ahead. You think Ian Rotten has ever like seen an item and thought, "Wait, this is too good. I'm gonna take this home." Like that man needs appliances. Oh I'm yeah, say. he plugged in that toaster and that VCR before he let them use them. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but then there's other weapons that are less. Um, well, all right. So there's a there's a shot um, that uh, Toby gives Necro with a. I, I can only describe it as a barbed wire bundle of sticks or a homemade kendo stick, which it appears to just be like four sticks uh, taped together very tightly, um, which I should say, and this is the first reference of me uh, talking about uh, backyard wrestling on this podcast, but we would... First we would... of many, and I <laughs> mean that so intentionally, I'm going to lead you down that path as often as I can. I'm glad you get all the it. stories. I I'm... don't care. I sent gonna... I sent my uh, my best of 2004 backyard wrestling compilation to Dylan Waco today and asked him to book me in Southern Underground Pro. That's a thing that actually happened. Um... You won't oh. book Vera Morales, so he probably won't book you. Yeah. Book Vera Morales, Dylan. You fucking bitch. He, he <laughs> we turned the conversation around. By the end of it, he oh. was he was being a nice so, guy. He he's he's multifaceted, so I won't do my. You know this uh, this necro clown match. It's snikey good, but <laughs> might edit that. I don't know. Ah, uh, sneaky good. That's more. It's more my Chris Zellner, really. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, but anyway. It took me a long time to be able to tell between the two. Uh, Dylan's tried really uh, hard to shake that accent. Um, but yeah, homemade kendo see- sticks are are really bad. They pinch your skin very badly. Um, I would not recommend hitting someone with a bundle of sticks that you've taped together. Um, that's not traditional Singaporean. Um, pro- mm. um, I have some notes on Toby's uh, leopard print shorts. Do you have he anything a, about that? <laughs> he was a man of such a look. I, I fixated more on 
the beard and the rat tail. The rat tail beard yeah. and the rat tail back. And that's just the signature Toby Klein look, you know. And he was so good. At the, and he's still around somehow. I think he, I mean, he unretired, but like... He worked CZW last year. Yeah, and he's back. And he should be in the clusterfuck. I don't even, mm. you know... I don't know. I think he should be in a singles match on Spring Break Part Two. I think they should do him and Necro. I guess if the, Necro's only back for the for the the uh, the clusterfuck, then yeah, yes, bring out Toby. Let them have uh, you do like the ECW spot where they threw in all the chairs, the crowd, but just hand everybody a VCR. Easy. Yes. I'm Let- just I'm just going with bare minimum, like bare minimum. Joey Janela, book Yohei Nakajima. Yeah, sure. I told you that, and then, like, yeah. That's the guy who wears like off. the the eye paint when he, when yes. he looks at Aoki like really crazy. Yeah, he, yes, he, he had the one minute, the full minute uh, stare down at at Sushioki, uh during uh, to start their junior title match. Right, and then he just got kicked in the face. Yeah, he gets he almost like, no offense in that match. It's pretty sad. I but I love he. He looks like a deformed baby, and I love him. Yeah, he's well, so that's the thing. The uh, you know he is one of uh, I mean, not to get too off topic here, but uh, Yohei Nakajima of the All Japan roster, he is one of the ones that looks like he most uh, uh, prominently suffers from uh, fetal alcohol syndrome, um, which should put him high in the list for uh, uh, you know fellow fetal alcohol syndrome uh, victim Joey Janela's little. Little Midnight Show. Um, it really should. I, I, it should be Yohei Nakajima versus Jonathan Groshman, who has more of a body baby. Who has more of a baby, <laughs> baby body? body. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They both. And then sixty-minute Iron Man. Sixty-minute Iron Man. Let's go. You know who who can do that? The Daisuke Sakamoto no cell where he wobbles around and then hits the like that's him at his worst. He does look. I, I can't reference the show anymore because it's so fucking ruined. But it is one of those things that actually holds up. You know, ne- I actually don't remember. I think you said that you never really watched Rick and Morty, right? What what show? Oh, Rick and Morty. I watched. I don't know. I watched some of it. I watched the first season and, and like a half. The first season, yeah, like the first season actually holds up uh, to me as funny, which is all I cared about. Then it gets progressively, and then it's just not funny at all. It's just not even like trying to be funny, and it's like. You're not deep. You're just you're just dog shit. But there's the baby leg sketch of the cop, the detective with the baby legs, and that's that's Daisuke Sakamoto at his worst. Okay. And there, and we will talk about Daisuke. Sakamoto. He is in. There are some very gross Daisuke Sakamoto matches. Oh yeah, there's an Abdullah inter- Kobayashi match that's fantastic. Um, a really great one for the vacant Big Japan titles. Him and the dearly missed. Uh, Yoshihiro Sasuke oh, man. versus the fuck and the 045 junkies Jackie Numazawa and I love that match of our incredible blade job from uh, Yoshihiro Sasuke in that he's oh absolutely he loves tremendous. getting barbed wire in his fucking face and he's he throws a hell of a lariat I yeah uh, maybe the that, most that, missed that, that that's one to go in depth on later so but i want to say on like the this match itself what separates this and makes this like a legitimate great match like i on my stupid i i did mark this down but you're like oh this is like something that could have been the best match of the year and i know our friend 
Eric at Segunda Caeda has like basically been shouting our other friend Phil, you know, the da- our, our our dad and our mom uh <laughs> right. of this shit like for ye- for like all- for like 2 years now and like no this is the be- and you know why? Because interspersed of all of these phenomenal weapon shots are just some of the most grotesque headbutts and body Punch shots punches, punches the face fantastic so punches. many both and just every every time there's like just like where's a weapon they're not going to go walk around with the weapon they just punch each other or they or hit each other with the weapon they hit each other with weapon then they throw it down they move on to the next one um yeah that was always so, sort of the brand of of iwa mid-south death matches um ian rotten like corporal robinson like they, they, they a lot of their matches aren't nearly as good as this um, but they're the same style where they're not fucking around. They're not doing any elaborate, you know, set the thing up over two chairs, do a fucking sunset yeah. flip power, but they're not, they don't care about that. Maybe for the finish, but that's it. Um, this, it, th- there's the, the punches and the, the fucking headbutts. There's a spot in this where Necro grabs the chair and sits down and this yeah. is like sort of proto, like this is well before the, um, the you know two guys sitting down and doing a bar fight punch exchange. Necro yeah, just are. needs to sit down because he's tired and he but he wants to keep punching him so he sits down and Toby's like kneeled down and he, so Necro sits down and just starts punching him and that's that's the whole and he just does it for a little while and then Necro gets his breath back and then he grabs two U-shaped light bulbs and claps them like a symbol uh, over Toby's head and neck. Um, there's like Beautiful. a there's a moment that gets a holy shit chant uh, that's not like a high spot. Um, I mean, it is in the scheme of this match, but it's not like a big huge bump. Toby grabs a like what looks like a flat piece of cardboard, like like paper basically, that just a bunch of light tubes are taped to, and he just throws it directly into like Necro's face and nose. And if and. There's just so much just goes right in the crowd. Yeah, I think that's what and, really gets the holy shit chant is that a lot of the and, crowd gets cut up. And the, those people there, they love the, you know that spooky dust to to quote our friend. Is he our friend? I don't know. I took a picture that, with him. I, well, he's not our enemy. I just don't know if he's our friend. Like, he seemed really weirded out the fact that I wanted to take a picture of with him. Um, and as documented, I said, hey, Dave, praise that. Can I take a mark pick with you? And he said, what? A what? And I said, a mark pick. Can I take? He's like, what are you asking me for? I was like, can I just please take a picture with you, Dave Prezak? And Dave he did. Prezak, Dave Prezak's a legend. He should be aware of this. We need to have him on so we can butter his ass off. Yeah, I get, like, that's one less it, degree of separation between us and the Between the Sheets boys. Uh, don't, 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 I can't. Well, that's a, I think that's the Plinko theme i was trying to do <laughs> you were trying to do the isley brothers and you did the plinko yes thing? i think i did plinko instead mm. let's we're, let me just say i, I just uh, look i brief aside here uh we've tried to find some music for this show that's gonna be if not completely royalty free and in the public domain then something that in theory doesn't have distribution in the u.s that we won't like when this podcast inevitably goes huge and we've got the Patreon and we're making God knows how many thousands of dollars a month, we don't want to get sued. LLC. Um, right. All that shit. But I highly doubt that Christopher Zelder and David... Uh, Boxenstein. David Boxenstein, that's right, um, are paying the Isley Brothers and what the Warner Music Group or whoever... 
um, yeah. the thousands and thousands of dollars they would charge to play that, you know, 15 second clip of Between the Sheets by the Isley Brothers. There's no fucking way. Um, so basically, um, Box and Chris, you fucking better get a lawyer. Um, anyways, it's not a threat. Uh, there's it's a really a great. It's a promise. <laughs> it's a. It's not a threat. It's a promise. That's a good. That's a good line. Uh, call the cops. Um, the referee announces at a certain point. We've talked about this match too long, so I want to get to the the yeah. most important part, which is when the the uh, not the referee, the ring announcer announces five minutes gone. There are five minutes gone, and my in my head I'm like, wow, they've done so much in five minutes, and then Toby lifts a VCR from 1993 over his head throws it over the top rope and the corner of this gotta be 50 pound vcr bounces off of necro's head like the corner of it just dunk in the funniest most fucked up way possible and necro just like he's you ever play mortal kombat yes all right he looks like the the guy who's sitting there uh waiting to to receive the fatality where scorpion you know rips his fucking neck and skull out of his body um, and that's, that's exactly what this is. Um, this is the final blow or is it, you know, match yeah, goes right. on <laughs> but, and match goes on. And, but that blood be said, the end to this match is fucking great. Yeah. It's a cool ending. He, it's a good finish. And he just, he just chokes him out. Yeah. Toby you fights know, into the ropes, but there's no rope breaks. Like it's logical, smart, smart wrestling, capital S. And it's just a brutal choke, and you're just like the Asiatic yeah. spike. It's beautiful, yeah. Just the Asiatic spike, just classic Necro. Just any classic, a phrase that I hope we use many times on this show. Say it with me: Mephla Battle Arts. Mephla Battle Arts. Yeah. So that's the thing is, uh, the, the the, you know, we're we're gonna get to that stuff. Um, I I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd call this Mephla Battle Arts. It's not uh, so much, but no, the finishing but it, spot does feel like it could have happened in a Tarek the Great match, um, which we do need to. We'll we'll do a whole episode, I think, on uh, Meth Lab Battle Arts at some point if we can get Phil on, especially yeah. Um, yeah, Phil, well, the I'd person who coined a, the term. Yes, uh, he yes he he is its father. That's well, right. He's well, our Ian father. is its father. Well, He's our father. Yes. Ian, Ian, Ian Ian provided the sperm. Um, but the person who raised us? No, that's Phil. <laughs> yes, Phil is our, um, it's a, yes. It's, it's like the epi- the family fight episode of It's Always Sunny, when Mac is trying to describe Frank's relationship to Charlie and Dean Dennis. He sired, he may have sired this one, but he raised these two. <laughs> um. Is, wait, is, is, uh. Danny DeVito is supposed to be all of their dad? Is that, like, well, revealed later on? No. Well, I feel like that might end up being... That should be a, the last season twist, is that he's everyone's dad. Sure, except sure. Except Max. Except Max, because that's what's funny. Mac have not a big dad. Yeah, Mac's and, dad is in prison, course, right? Like, yeah, and I think that's the good way to... Uh, Put a bow on it. And, and also write out the fact that, um, you know... The, the child molester from Seventh Heaven is uh, Dean Dennis's dad. And oh wow, no, that's right. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah, that ain't good. That's he good. Hasn't, Bruce Mathis. He hasn't appeared yeah. since the third season, and he ain't coming back. So you yeah, might as well make something funny out of it. 
Um, they should bring she in Toby Klein. She just lied. Barbara lied. She's, she's a bad person. There you go. Not familiar. Don't know. Saw a few. Saw the first six seasons. Don't remember them except for the time they smoked crack. Um, and the Green Man. I remember that part. Um, it's a good show. Great finish. Um, there's the finish is Toby fading. Um, he grabs a board with light tubes and barbed wire attached to it. He's ready to hit Necro over the head and escape, but he fades and passes out. It's a classic, dramatic KO ref stoppage finish. Fantastic. Perfect. Um, uh, IWM itself. Uh, that seems like the right thing to start on, right? Yeah, it's. It might be better promote. It might be the ultimate U.S. indie promotion. Yeah, in this era, especially, it had it all. It definitely had it all. So, and that's sort of this isn't about our mutual journeys through this because I don't want this to be too much of a damn circle jerk. But there are what this represents. This match represents and met everything. It had to be the number. It had to start it off. So it's perfect and such a perfect finish to perfect match of just. I mean, it's not a match that didn't need the weapons, but they they well, fought like a ma- It's it, they fought like oh, if there weren't weapons here, we would still just be beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, it'd be and a great match, that, but you need that VCR. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how Necro ended up getting all of those bookings as just a regular dude. And honestly, Toby Klein deserved the bookings as just a regular ass wrestler too. But we never got know. style battle with Toby Klein. Never happened. No. It's really a shame. Um, Yeah, all right. So that's first match down. I'm looking at the time, and we are running a little bit behind schedule. That's okay, because I don't think we're going to have as much to say about this one. Um, But still plenty to be said. This is a great match. This is Mayumi Ozaki versus Megumi Kudo. Again, I don't have the date. I know it's from 1997 uh, in FMW. This is a no-rope barbed wire double hell match. Does that sound right to you? Yes, yes. Double hell meaning... Uh, well, do you want to describe what double hell is while I take a so, sip? So double hell in this means um, only two of the ring posts, because there's no damn ropes at all, have barbed wire, and then two are just open and have barbed wire boards. And so if you fall into the barbed wire that's between the ring posts, that's bad. If you fall right off of the ring onto the barbed wire boards that's really bad <laughs> it's really and bad they, and they do it a lot and with gusto yeah which is really the thing that has to be said so you um, said boards i have it written down as pits because it feels like they're I, it's i mean there is there are boards lot. those are those are pieces of wood down there but those are like so, pits that's like you don't so come like, out of that it's it's a lot, yeah. It's and okay. So, um, what's some what's the background on this match? Of course, um, this is part of Megumi Kudo's famous semi-famous retirement tour. There's okay. You good... you know more about this than I do, so please yeah. go off. So there's some good material in in that run. Uh, a fairly famous feud with someone who I has no reason to not appear on this show multiple times. Shinobu Kendori. Okay. Uh, some brutal matches. Uh, and part of it was a feud that had always sort of simmered on, in between in the interpromotional Joshi era of her and, you know, 
you know, she was, you know, Megumi Kuda, the purely wild queen, you know, the queen of the death matches, and then the queen of hell, the purely wild queen, Mayu Mizaki of still with uh, JWP at that point. That was before uh, Oz Academy. Before, okay. And um, before she left full time for to do that and Gaia. Gaia? That doesn't sound right at all. Gaia. Gaia. I like to say Gaia. Gaia. Sounds, Gaia. sounds like I'm getting away with something. It does. Yeah. Uh, but, and there's there's a lot of brutal matches between that these two women had just in general dynamite Kansai feud a really fa- one that i love from the debut show i believe of oz academy with this really super untrained ref blading <laughs> both uh Mayumi and mima shimoda and oh god it's bloody the and ref it's a, the ref blades them both blades them both and this ref doesn't know I don't know where the hell you'd think Oz would know who would know someone at that point in her career. She'd mm. been around for nine, ten years. Yeah. I saw, and for Joshi career, that's like a long ass time at that point. And this ref seems completely untrained and it's a bloodbath and it's great. Well, I think, and, is it, do you think that blading the competitors in the match that you're refing is that, I don't know if that's common, like, referee training. I mean, maybe it is it's, if you're in Oz Academy, but... Maybe, I mean, true. definitely if you're in FMW, but I don't know. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, is that if you have that, like... That should be someone who is, like, really highly skilled. Has and cut this, themselves uh, open at least a few times. Yes. This is not someone who is highly skilled at all. All right, well, let's, let's, let's write this one down, because I've never seen that. I'd like to watch that. Yeah, uh, maybe that's um, for a future future show for sure. It's very good, um, but to me, this is very. These are two of all time underdog wrestlers for the most part. Now, Kudo mostly is a fi- almost always is a face. Azuki mostly as a heel, though I think she could just win people over. She's enormously charismatic, and. They're just going at it. This is just two women who've got like one of the like Kudo knows she's going, and let's just let's just settle this, and they settle it. Yeah, I didn't really feel much of a face heel dynamic here, um, no. but it does it does sort of really bring out the like the real. The, like the heart of what an FMW deathmatch is, which is like basically the King's Road of gross wrestling. Um, yes. Like the deliberate building of spots, the putting over of, of, of the big bumps that feels like, you know, it's not just there for a near fall. Um, the person might actually be dead. Um, the, there's some stuff here that's like really uh, special with its imagery. Um <clears throat> first thing that I noticed, well, the first thing I noticed at all was Ozaki coming out uh, with a chain and, like, some real, like, high-waisted, like, mid-90s mom jeans. Like, some real, like, uh, Suzanne Summers step-by-step bullshit. Um, And then Kudo's rocking the classic fucking knee pads over the light blue denim look. Um, So right out the gate, you've got some really good fashion choices. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the F and FMW does stand for fashion. Uh, fashionable mom wrestling is what this is. Actually, don't have that written down. Came up with it just now. I'm the genius. I'm the genius. Yeah. Um, 
Ozaki gets Smash her hair. Not fuck it, no. <laughs> uh, the Ozaki gets her hair caught in the ropes, like immediately, or not in the ropes. I say ropes. The barbed wire. <laughs> wire. What's between the posts? Yeah, because on the there's nothing between those other posts. Acting as the ropes, it's barbed wire. It's your boy barbed wire. Um, no, uh, it, this is this has got so much good, like good disgusting imagery uh ozaki like wraps the chain the aforementioned chain around kudo's neck and like drags her drags her around in the crowd and she's like waving to fans like a beauty pageant participant um in a really disturbing moment Uh (laughs) ozaki is and to this day can is someone who can just get the crowd just eat from the palm of her hand always has one of her great attributes is just this ability she because she's this run she's a total run i mean there and she didn't even make the all japan women's like cut like that's the entire jwp women's division thing like they were original women's because there was like grand hamada was there and shit and like they they were all cast-offs um the fmw women's division were also cast-offs but they had all all actually made it and then after the first year or so we're told you're not gonna that's kudo that's combat toyota that sort of that group so but so there these so are why do you think she like fell between the cracks like that what about ozaki puts her on a tier below any of these other people because it doesn't make any sense to me it's I think it's just a physical thing because that's like the era of uh, Asia Kong, Bonacano, Bison Kimura. And then even if you're smaller, you're like Toshio Yamada or uh, Manami Toyota who just freaks. Like, I was like, he's a very good athlete, but she's, she's not remarkable. Mm. But it's all she's about closer that. to like an Onita sort. Yeah, it's all about that presence. It's all about that charisma she and has she that also, that's very only to ask and she's also a very very good mat worker which jwp would focus on because they had like eight roster members so they had to make those matches long and <laughs> they had to make them good it probably so, explains why i've never really watched much of it because matches too long well this is like once i got to tape um after like the split when kandori and her crew left like the but like the, the, this is like legitimately like very just people who could just wrestle and kudo was more didn't have but she was more traditional in her work but again just a charisma like there's that she has a famous match which is probably her biggest on fmw metro um the asia kong title challenge mm-hmm and she works that like sort of like an Arn Anderson. Like she just takes the, the arm, and it's very simple, but it's effective. And these are just two, and that's sort of part of the FMW thing in and of itself. Because again, the, explaining the FMW style is like you did a great job, but it's like it's making the most of what you have. And these are two people who, two women who didn't have what it took as considered by the top tier of whoever the fuck it, AJW, wherever was, 
you know, Goose and the girls in, you know, the, in the bedrooms. <laughs> the the Rossi of the time. Yes. Uh, like, but they clearly understood wrestling. And it's very indie in the right way. Like, when that, not not to get that thing of, like, this is independent. This is, we don't have that extra thing that you want, but we understand what we're doing better than you ever could and they really do but to get to like some of the like like there's so much imagery and another thing of the fmw like structure is and and it's sort of it hasn't really been taken okay so we think of like the personal moments that sounds so stupid but there's no other way to put it like the like when Onita looks at Funk, or Kudo looks at Toyota, or in this match, of course, Kudo Ozaki, like, these two, there's something here. And this is, like, an actual, this is a fight, but it, there's an outpour that's happening. That's there's beyond, a spirituality. There's something here beyond that. And that's become so trite and so fucking bullshit with these, like, people who just want their matches to be, like, uh, on the IMB t- IMDB top 250 basically. <laughs> like sure. you know, look at my hands. Yeah. Uh, give me the black mass. I I'm Will Ospreay. I look inbred, but <laughs> I'm being dramatic. Like I don't give a shit. This is real. You know why it's real? Cuz there's barbed wire everywhere. You're gonna you fall off that ring and you fall into barbed wire. Best case scenario, you stuck in the barbed wire. Your hair gets caught. Right that's the best. Yeah. That's the best that can happen. Worst case scenario. It takes an like eye when, out. What, like when uh, Kudo goes for a tiger driver. A great, uh, Ozki kicks out and kicks her right off of the ring it's into so the hell. And it's just One of the a, two a, hells, yes. <laughs> yes, one of the bumps. A bump done with someone who just, who knows that it's like, I don't have much. I, I'm not going to be doing this much longer. I don't have any reason to not go for this. It's gross. Yeah, this uh, is full of bombs. This is this. Th- that's one of the things about this match. And this, this match. Is, oh my god! Did you hear that? That was weird. I did. I had a moment. Um, I had a crazy feedback that scared the hell out of me. Well, yeah, I think I, I tried to move. <laughs> I have, uh, arthritis in it because I have arthritis in it, and it's really bad. And I think that might have been it. Shit. Okay. We're good? Test, test. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Okay. We're going to go without, you know, this is, this isn't perfect. This isn't, we're not doing Malenko Guerrero roll-ups here. <laughs> it look good, and you're just like, what What the fuck? Who gives a shit? This Woo, is real. that scared me. Okay, that was such a yeah, was... crazy sound. Is that what it sound yeah. like? My goodness. No, I'm, I'm glad, you didn't hear, you, I'm, I'm uh, sorry you heard something. I didn't hear anything. I heard Nothing, and that was like, oh shit, I did something. Knee, <laughs> because again, it's like I have rheumatoid arthritis because I don't think I was meant to live this long. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, sure. That's that's an excellent. Uh, that makes you an excellent.
we're talking about the FMW style. Is that right? Yes. And <laughs> the in the dramatic interplay between the wrestlers and how they pulled it off and modern wrestling not not very good at it. Well, there there's there's a sense of uh I need to finish this. I need to I need to it's I need to I need to win this match. Obviously, you know, there's like that's the big part of wrestling, right? You want to win the contest, the fake fight that you're performing in. You want to look like a person who is trying to win it. Um, but further than that, there is a sense in FMW and in this match specifically, and a lot of you know Onita matches, where it feels like they just have to. I need to get out of this ring. I need to I need to beat this person. I need to kill this person. Because they're going to kill me otherwise. If I don't finish this soon and get the fuck out of here, they're going to dig that barbed wire into my brain. And I need to do whatever I can to live another day. And that's like the most important thing about any wrestling, I think, is the element of survival. Um, That's the... I mean, it's funny to think that, like, Masada Tanaka, like... I would I would describe him as greatest feud his biggest feud in FMW was with the Gladiator, but he is like the most gladiatorial, like Daku Kim wrestler of all time. Where it's like kill or be killed, live or die. Every match to a certain point in his career was like that. That's what made him a legend. And absorb the punishment that, longer than the guy you're in the ring with. Yeah, if I don't if I don't win this match, I will die doing it i will die to beat you and that is always it like and that's not like give me the black mass alistair i can't do johnny's voice i i I don't even know what his voice sounds like i just know what his face looks like uh we're going to toys r us they got a big dinosaur that's (laughs) That's kind of that's kind of yeah that's close uh he doesn't really sound like jay leno but Closer to Jay Leno than you might think. Yeah, Jay Leno but, uh, doing uh, fighting spirit spots. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Kevin, don't throw in the towel. <laughs> I gotta throw in the towel, Jay. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. So Ozaki, in the spirit of and tra- uh, the tradition of Onita, after getting the Kudo driver like onto a chain for the end of this um she she doesn't cry uh but she tells kudo after the match that she respects her presumably i don't speak japanese i don't know what they are saying to each other um but she um <clears throat> she goes over and she hugs her but she doesn't cry because in fmw the men cry not the women um and it's you know touching um it's beautiful, but there's so I, one thing I wanted to talk about with this match specifically is that there's a lot of clipping, there's a lot of um, segmenting, moving from uh, you know cutting out dead spots of the match, and yeah. it's a thing that we see a lot of in like '90s footage. Um, it's a little, you know TV slots were a, a one hour or two hours, so you'd get a lot of trimmings of matches. Um, you'd see the result said twenty five thirty eight. And then you look at the file, or you look, you, you do a stopwatch in the VHS tape or whatever, and you see that the match was only 21 minutes and 42 seconds. So you're missing, you know, almost four minutes of footage there. Um, 
most notably, people would all, were always looking for the complete version of uh, Crawfit and Furnace versus Kobashi and Kikuchi uh, from May 5th, 1992. And that's like a thing that finally became available in full. And turns out, in full, that matches even better. You know, yes. class, classic match. Uh, every moment of it is perfect. Um, but, like, I wonder about this sort of thing. I, who knows how good this match was with the down with the downtime. I think it would be fine. I think fatigue, exhaustion, those things are important uh, for a match like this. And a slow pace with lots of dead spots is worth doing because these people are destroying themselves. But you got to wonder, yeah. like, does a Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada look better there's a 64-minute match where we only get 58 minutes of the footage. How much better is that match? Like, it's I gotta very, wonder. It's very key. And also, how much did... This is a question we'll never really know the answer to. How much did they play to the idea of the of the fret? Of, yeah, you might go out there and have a 20-minute match, and only about 16 of it will get... will make air. How much do you make things count more because of that? And that's perhaps a thing. And that's a thing in in, in indie wrestling in Japan very much because you got to stretch a match out. You got to – like someone – not to trash him more because uh, I fundamentally like him. But Daisuke Sakamoto is, is the non-deathmatch ace of Big Japan for nearly 15 years now. An absurdly long period of time, and he has a ton of matches where you're like, "That didn't need to happen," but that's because, he, and maybe he's not qualified to be that. He would just be like a multi-man guy in New Japan if this was 1990 or something, and he'd be fine. He'd be in like that. I don't know that match where uh, Karasu and uh, Shiro Koshinaka beat the shit out of each other, and you'd like, "This the is five great." And five. Just, yeah, and he'd yeah. just be like. One of the, uh, he'd just be like a scumbag, and you'd be like, "That's great," but at the same time, it's just it's just the way things work. It's so it's, to that it's, end, I will say, uh, the Brahmins sometimes their matches aren't even on the Samurai TV showings. Like the actual like those matches are taped. You see them on the yeah. card on Cage Match, but like, are the Brahmins going out there and being like, "All right, we need to have a good one tonight because we need to get on TV." <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. Is uh, Oishi uh, or Shinobu, like, or Shinobu? Shinobu? Yeah, Shinobu. Shinobu. Um, is he going out there and being like, I need to I need to really pull off my Asai Moonsault in a clean fashion tonight because I want to get six minutes of my 12-minute match on Samurai TV. Like, do any of them care? Who who really knows? Um, I, think, I think watching... You know, you watch fucking SmackDown, and I don't know if you've watched any SmackDown matches in the last year, um, but they do a thing now sometimes where they have picture-in-picture for the ads. They will go to a commercial break, and they'll have the actual in-ring action still showing while a fucking ad for Rolaids plays. In the past, that would have been where a guy takes a powder or someone fucking locks in a chin lock, you know? and and a lot of TV matches, a lot of like legendary TV matches that we that we love and know and rate highly, rate with the best of the pay per view matches. Um, who knows what happens in the commercials? They might have botched three fucking things in a row for all we know. Um, 
so I, yeah, you got to wonder how much the the changing of like f- complete footage changes things. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting thing to think about that nobody ever talks about. It's uh, a it, there's a lot of roads that we're going to go down. This is a discourse. This we're uh, a discourse collective, but not about bullshit like Sterner or uh, any of that crap. I don't know that like. I don't even think they make podcasts anymore. I don't know. <laughs> we're we're not talking about that. We're talking about the reality of the situation, and the reality of the situation is coming up with the construction site death match. Is that what this is called? Well, what the um, okay, Yuko Miyamoto versus Takashi Sasuke. Yeah, uh, 2007. Yeah, I believe- Again, I should have written down dates. March two, March 14th, 2007, okay. I believe. And Big Japan, we had to have a Big Japan match in there, but what exactly? Because Big Japan has gone through a lot of changes over the 25 years. And... This is in the midpoint. Weird, weirdly, it seem it doesn't it doesn't necessarily seem like the midpoint, but it's basically the midpoint, and it's before, it's at the when the light tube era had uh, had emerged, but they were still, it wasn't just as much as I love someone like Masashi Takeda, wonderful wrestler, just a joy, like him break him just being like all right fuck it we're gonna break like 45 tubes in the first minute just to show how bushido we are how macho we are just prove that i'm a crazier motherfucker than you that gets a little it doesn't get that old because it's a dude hitting a break in a light tube over himself you know if i lose the passion for that then i don't even know what i'm doing something's anymore. wrong with you yeah but at the same time it's refreshing to go back to not even uh, now nearly 12 years ago and just be like, oh, yeah, they don't even use all the tubes in this match. <laughs> this match ends with tubes on the ropes. And that's good. It didn't need all the tubes. It was freaking <laughs> fucking great as it is. So then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there is a scaffold uh, in the corner, uh, probably about fucking, what, 16, 20 feet above the ring um there are light tubes taped to the ropes and there are some other light tubes around that's all they have here there's no this is takashi Sasaki versus yuko miyamoto is this for the big japan title is this it is for yeah the what and i will say that was a great looking belt i love how absurd every one of their deathmatch belts is is it the one with the barbed wire on it yeah the current one with the axe and all that's like a great look it should be like completely like it shouldn't be it, it shouldn't be too stupid and like self-referential but the idea of it of like the deathmatch world title no it should be like ridiculous it should stand out you should look at that and think like oh yes do you think they this sold man... replica belts of this probably definitely not that's like an american culture thing yeah but I i'd like to uh... see a replica like somebody like a like a custom made <laughs> Like, some big-time Abdullah Kobayashi fan made, like, his own special, like, Big Japan Deathmatch replica title belt and is carrying it to, like, IWA Deep South shows. That seems like a thing someone would do. Yeah. 
Um, if this getting is a, getting a mark pick with Spider Boudreaux, where yeah. near Abdul uh, Spider Spider Spider. <laughs> what does he spell? Spider. Why does he spell it that way? I don't know. Um, so if if Ozaki Kudo is like Misawa versus Kawada, but with barbed wire and tits, um, this is basically just Benoit versus Liger in glass. Um, this is Miyamoto is like the like he's like the guy who really perfected the junior heavyweight uh, puro resu, uh, you know, classic work rate match, but with glass in the ring. Um, yeah. The style that was really like sort of introduced by Ryuji Yamakawa and Tamaki Hama um, in the early the late nineties, early early two thousands, and the winger. Let's give due to the winger because the man fucking rules. Um, Wait. CZW legend bringing it back to ninety nine. That's 99. right. Uh, best of the best winner, right? First ever. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. He did win the first one. Yeah. Crazy. What a strange time. Um, bringing the winger in for your non death match work rate tournament. What a stupid company. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, how how acquainted are you guys with Minoru Fujita? Yeah. I've never, but you know what? Minoru Fujita in 2001 kicked a whole lot of ass. So. Yeah, he kicked a whole lot of ass in 2018. The, 2019, from what I understand. He does. I haven't seen the Tajiri match. I've heard it's great, but yeah. I've seen him recently enough to know he's still great. I believe he's, it. Um, uh, this is, so this is such low quality. This is, um, I, you know, I, they call me Mr. 240p because like my puro blurry. Um, this is like really gross uh early internet footage like this is probably i didn't look at it but i'm sure this was probably uploaded in 2007 because this is fucking straight 240p um yeah it it looks like shit and i love it uh i get nostalgic for it i don't i want it i mean i want things to look good but at the same time it's like oh yeah this is what i remember this is this is how things. What this is just how it was. Yeah, my memories are in 240p. Like exactly. A, even if something was in HD, my memories of it are in 240p because uh, that's how fucking memories work. Um, Miyamoto hasn't slowed down much since then. Uh, Sasaki definitely has, but he, he was already a veteran at this point. This yeah. was a veteran versus well, young Sasaki, guy. Was Sasaki? He was like an FMW guy, like a late era FMW, or no? I'm not um, sure where he came from. He came out from. I'm not sure if he was trained by Karasu and Kabuki in Tokyo uh, Pro, or if he was a straight up war trainee who went to DDT and all that. But I think he debuted in about '96 or '97, okay. so he had miles on him at that point already. So yeah, he's and he is not great at this point, but he was great then. That's all. Sure. Fantastic. And I haven't I mean, seen him look- recently. I don't know what he looks like now, but um, I so I did look him up, and he debuted in '96, like you said. And the earliest cage match stuff for him is actually from DDT in '97, yeah. as well as uh, one match in CMLL when they ran Cork and Hall, so <laughs> teaming with yeah. Asian Cougar and Tortuga. So there you go. And yeah, he worked War, uh, War and DDT. So. Who knows? It doesn't say who trained him. Uh, but yeah, that's the right era, definitely. 
not an FMW guy as much as I want him to be, as much as he carries the spirit of FMW. Uh, but he's like a real fucking powerhouse and like mean veteran in this. Oh, yeah. Um, Miyamoto is treated largely, at least in the early portions of this, like a young boy, uh, which he kind of was, you know. I think he made his debut a couple years before this, maybe maybe just a year before this, like in 06. Um, I think his overall debut was in 2003, but I think at the point where he committed to being a deathmatch superstar in one of, like, the, at this point, and like where he is now, 2019, like an icon of it, like it only been like this is like his first big match. Yes, yeah, his first big singles. Big belt. Um, yeah, and this is the first time he, somewhat like like in the United States, you'd be like, "Oh shit, this is the guy." Yeah, I think my first time seeing Miyamoto was actually would have been the intergender barbed wire board match with um, Kyoko Kimura and. Who else? I don't even know. I just remember Kyoko Kimura and her Jamaica pants and her afro. Um, <laughs> that's all I have on that. Uh, are you yeah, familiar with this match? That, that, uh, not specifically? Familiar, not specifically. I'm thinking of, I believe it's, there's one that's um, Ryuji Ito and Ozaki versus, no, it's Ryuji Ito and Kyoko Kimura versus uh, Little Labby, uh, Abdullah Kobayashi, and Mayumi Ozaki. From around that same time period, they were doing a lot uh, of that. Okay, and Miyamoto's in one of those intergender tags. Yeah, I believe that. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think we should name spots from this, but there's a couple notable ones. Um, I there's a moment. Uh, all right, so there's a few things that like I, I do want to just discuss. It's like conceptually. Um, Scaffold matches are good. Do you think that's a hot take? Do you think that's... What do you think about scaffold matches in general? I think that they're hard to execute, but that I love them. Like it, this, is a, this is not a traditional... This isn't a fall off the scaffold and you lose match. Obviously, it should be said. Yes, um, this is a... There's a scaffold. Use it as you'd like, which... Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. I don't have an issue with them introducing a thing that's going to add danger. I think that's good. I think that's what we should support in all wrestling is, is make things unprotected chair shots are good. Uh, flying headbutt also good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Gentlemen. It's all, it's all good. Just don't, just don't get married. It's all don't Uh, get married. Don't have kids. Um, stay away from if you're going to do a lot of cocaine and amphetamines Stay away from having a girlfriend. That's right. Look that's at right. you, Snuka. Just you know, Rest maybe hire hire prostitutes, but that's it. Yeah. Make sure Rink- they are armed. Um, Rink- wrinkly old balls. Yes. Rest in peace, Jimmy. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I I, I totally. I can't sounded really okay. Do, yeah, that's my okay. zone there. Uh, the that's the that that is the greatest line of all time, and I could talk about that for. Uh, he's never had a greater no that. Every single thing that uh, he, Box, and Dylan has ever, have ever done is worth it for that line. Mm. The wrinkly old balls. Rest in peace, Vern. You <laughs> <laughs> have to isolate that. Uh, put it in the intro. Um, <laughs> Miyamoto. Um, he 
doesn't really bend his knees very well in a double stomp is something I noticed oh, here. Oh, he does, he does it right. <laughs> he does it like a dude who's committing suicide. And I don't know if I love, I think it's stupid or if I love that. I don't know. If I was coming off a scaffold, would I be like, yeah, I'm going to have my knees really bent? Like, like I don't know. It, it looks way more dangerous because of that. Did it you ever, like, jump me- off of, like, a high part of, a, like, a playground equipment? Yeah. So that's the thing. You, you only... You, so the first time you do that, it's the only time you ever make that mistake. Like, the second time you jump off of that, you know to bend your knees on impact. And you land exactly. and you let it... You, you absorb the uh the impact of of landing on whatever surface you're landing on regardless of whether it's hard like concrete or soft like grass um you need to learn how to bend those knees at the right time it's very important and i just want to say that if miyamoto did do another double stomp off of a scaffold i would imagine that he knew to bend his knees the second time because he comes down and not only does he fuck up sasaki really bad but he clearly is like hurts himself badly yeah Um, he looks like shit after he does it he's holding his knee immediately it's not a good call but i like it from i don't know like i said the aesthetic of it the look of it is like a dude who is like is like gonna is like killing himself and Mm. that adds to like the that isn't really as much of the sort of big japan style it's hard to ascertain what the big japan style over because it's not as unified as FMW, but that sense of fuck this is is badass. It, yeah. it, it looks way less pro wrestling and more like I'm gonna fuck this guy up and I might die doing it, so whatever. Yeah, if FMW great. is about surviving longer than your opponent and just getting it alive, B, BJ, uh, BJ, uh, Big Japan yeah. is about. Um, uh, about destroying your opponent, even if it takes destroying yourself. It's a very different philosophy, for sure. Um, Miyamoto's so over. Like, he's he's clearly, like, uh, trying to make himself emerge as the, the future star. He's, like, yeah. hand-springing into fucking glass. He kips up out of glass. He moonsaults holding a bundle of light tubes. Like, he's he's doing all kinds of crowd-pleasing weird shit. Um, that might be commonplace now in like a G G Raver match, but in 2007, nobody was doing a fucking handspring into the ropes with glass, you know, with light tubes taped to the ropes. That's not a thing people were doing. Um, I think this match has a really good sense of like escalation, and Miyamoto is just constantly destroying himself, like I said, to try to knock off. I'd probably fair to say one of the biggest stars in the company. He is the champion, but yeah. Sasaki had he wasn't he may he may not have been the ace. Um there was Abdullah who has been around for fucking ever now. It's crazy to think about how long Abdullah Kobayashi has been working on top. Um in death twenty fourth anniversary this year. It's crazy. It's crazy how you can go back and watch the Yeah, I guess it would be because that fucking you see a very young Abdullah in those like in that house deathmatch and the shopping street deathmatch or whatever. Um But yeah, this is this is this is like really good. This is a it got talked up to death um last year, Kodaka versus Takeda. People were like, This is a really good match that happens to be a death match. And, and I think this is that too. Although I really hate that talking point. I hate that too because it's just. Have you seen either of those two men? Those two will kill them. They'll do any kind of dumb bullshit. I mean, the match that set that up was 
a personal favorite of both of ours. Uh, Asami Kodaka and Abdul Kobayashi uh, versus Masashi Takeda and Takumi Sukumoto, the crazy lovers, the real lovers of 2018. Fuck the gold lovers. <laughs> uh, Wait, and, are Takeda and Sukumoto also like supposed to like a, a fake gay couple who isn't actually gay? I think that they gay? just love. I, I think that they just love being crazy together. They love bleeding. They love mixing they love, blood. They love mutual masturbation, perhaps, or just like you know jerking sure. off in front of each other. And it's not gay; it's just what we do because we're <laughs> brothers, man. I don't know, but I-, I buy them as a couple more than I buy Kenny and Coda. Definitely. Look at them. Uh, Takeda's the top. Sukamoto, he's he's pudgy boy, but I love them both. <laughs> and they're just fr- they're just hucking cinder blocks at each other. They don't give a shit in that match. T- uh, you know, they're pulling scissors out, they're pulling knives out. See, that's the thing, There's right? Not- scissors, knives, cinder blocks. This match that we're, like, the, the match that, ostensibly, that we're talking about is from yeah. 11 and a half years ago, 11 and three quarter years ago. The, the concept of cinder blocks, and, I mean, scissors were around here and there, but nobody's pulling a fucking knife and trying... There's no such like Takeda is pulling a knife and tr- and locking on a Jujigatame and trying to slit fucking Abdullah's wrist, like the we've I don't want to we had, we definitely haven't taken it too far. There's no such thing as too far, but to see Takashi Sasaki Yuko Miyamoto put together a really great match um, where like they're just falling off of the really high thing. Which seems and crazy that that's what's what's the number two weapon in this match? Either uh, a chair or that board on the scaffold that uh, Miyamoto <laughs> he, yeah the safety awesome. yeah, uh, yeah which safety I I can side. only assume says do not climb unless authorized personnel and he rips it off well, and just smashes it over <laughs> Sasaki's head yes <laughs> a yeah bitch, it's please. Good. That's good. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Yeah, hey, look, like, you, you don't have to follow very... the instructions if you've ripped it off. That's basically... And then the finish run is spectacular. Um, and it gets... It's, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought, like... But, like, rewatching it, I'm like, no, this is perfect. It's well, so, yes, Northern Lights Bomb off of the scaffold through a Japanese table that breaks better than you've ever seen a Japanese table break, you assume yeah. that's the finish. And then he kicks out. And then, yeah. In and theory, he, but, you're like, this is overkill. But no. Because Miyamoto's making dead. a star of himself. He's dead, too, though. That's perfect. And he, and he sells it perfectly. He is dead. That was a lizard brain. I love the like that quick kick out. And then some of the... Like, the be- that's like the where it's not just like oh I just did that it's I did that because I did that one hundred percent on instinct I have nothing else left um, the the better of the two Shinsuke Nakamura uh, Kodobushi matches I from the G one climax can't to say I don't watch that shit <laughs> dude that's a good match though it's a good okay. match the, the kick out on that is Ibushi just completely it's just completely on reflex and he's dead. And that's exactly that, though. Miyamoto is dead weight. So Sasaki, Sasaki knows exactly what he wants to do to try to finish it. He's going to lift him up. He's going to hit. He's going to put the fucking light tubes next to his face. He's going to kick him into his ear. Like, right? That's that's the plan. Yeah. But Miyamoto is dead weight. He can't even pull him up. Uh, but he won't be pinned. Refuses to be pinned. 
Sasaki does kick a dozen fucking light tubes into his ear. Like, it, this, he sets them, he lays them against the man's ear, and he just kicks him right into his fucking ear. And it's a beautiful uh, fireworks show of fucking light, light tube glass and spooky dust. And then he finally, what's the finish? He finally does another Northern Lights bomb or Fire Thunder Driver. It's sloppy as hell. Who, who cares? It's, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a, a necessary like a, finish. Uh, it, it, he he uh it, it's a hero looking thing it's a, it just it doesn't matter he just drops him and you're like well that's good that's good enough yeah he did him with that, the hero yeah. um, you're done yeah the match was over like, that he, worked it's that, a I, star making it, performance for miyamoto it really is and it really shows sasuke was, he understood the little little bit of God, if you're on top you gotta be you gotta you can't just go with the match you have to assert your your will. You have to assert your influence. You have to show that you're the, you know, he's not big dick in him, but it's more like, you can't beat me. You're gonna. He emphasizes the length to which Miyamoto is gonna have to go to even try, even come as close as he did to beating him. And it's just, it's a great match. Really it is great. one of the best matches in company history. Um, so. That is Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, the main event. Um, we're not going to make that 90 minutes. We tried. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll tighten it up. We'll tighten it up. Tighten um, it up. The main event uh, from CCW Unfn Believable from April of 2001. June Kasai versus... I'm sorry. June Kasai and Nick Mondo. Sick Nick Mondo versus Johnny Cashmere and Justice Payne. Um... Now I have I I watched this at work this morning and wrote down a million notes. Um, the first of which is uh, Jin Kasai is here to see big American titties. Yes. Um, um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, you attach okay in our playlist. You attached that I did not know about, but I I, I appreciated an interview with the Hitman John House, which I don't remember people calling John nope. House the Hitman. Nope, he was never the Hitman. What the hell is that? They call him they that a bunch that. of times here, though. They drop that pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to think. And it's him in his limo. which That he owns. Okay. Why would you uh, own a limo? With Chunkasai and Trent Acid, the late great Trent Acid. Sure. And as <laughs> I, and Trent Acid uh, is translating for Chunkasai. And he's just making shit up. He tells John House that Junkasai thinks he smells, which are probably is true, but I don't think that's what Junkasai said. And who are you to say? And are you an I, international superstar? I mean, come uh, on. Uh, yeah, not you yet. Know, not yet. Some of the best, uh, you know, some of the best junior heavyweights in the world, like Rick Blade. That's a great quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's some good to, shade throwing at Rick Blade in this actually. Yeah, no. Then he has to cry. And then when like Trent Ass is going to the the world or the East Coast, even then it's a stretch for Rick Blade. But I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll, that maybe, maybe he might have made the, uh, a ECW Super Eight. Maybe if need if they had to call on him yeah but he'd say scoot like, uh, what's his name i was gonna say scoot mcnary but that's the guy from halt and catch fire scoot andrews uh the black nature boy? the black nature boy that's right good yeah. good stuff 
Scoot. He was uh, a guy. He's anyway, right. um, so and I said this to you. I don't know, not to get morose, but it is funny though. So it's trying to ask that he's twenty years old in this, and he and he argues like my late uncle, who was like in his sixties when he died, mm. like sixty-seven, and it's the exact same thing. You're like, fuck, this is so Philly. This is, and this is really. There's so many Philly, South Jersey accents going on here. Yeah, um, that's that's early 2000, like that's early 2000 CGW. It is, it is the the most like Cherry Hill fucking awful shit. It's if you if you want to hear what um, I dated a girl from Palmyra, New Jersey, and she had oh. she had the 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 she had that. Uh, I think that's how you say that. I don't know. <laughs> Palmyra, Palmyra, Palmyra. Um, yeah, um, she's I, she's a nice girl, but she had a she said water, you know. I I don't say water, I say water. My mom used to make fun of me for that, and it was like, what for saying the word correctly? Yeah, it's like you put on airs, <laughs> you put on airs for saying correctly. I uh, my great fear in this, uh, as I've said to multiple people. Um, it's not that I might sound masculine or anything. It's that I'll sound like Philly trash. Mm. And goddamn, this is... But this, this... I cannot sound as Philly trash as anybody in this. As long as we do... As long as we sh- play one sound clip of Gargiulo every time, you will always sound great and middle America by association. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is really uh, the goal here, right? Uh, yes. This match is crazy. Um, there, the, the pre-match... Is crazy. Z bar, which uh, Eric Gargiulo pronounces as Zabar, um, <laughs> is handcuffed to the ring, to the post for some reason. Probably we're something. Not ever sh- like what? We're what? Not- what happened? We're not sure. What I think it's just the hey Z bar. Zabar. He's a fagul. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to go for the Yiddish there. I didn't really want to say faggot, but we're we're company. That's what, this what is. That's what this is. This is early 2000 CZW. Take it back to it's, you. Take it back to 1999. Then you have to say the F word, the bad F word. It's yeah, part of the culture. The hard bomb. Uh, that's and, right. The, yeah, the nuclear. So, uh, man, there's so many characters. Like who's your? Let me just ask you: Who's your favorite like tertiary character? Uh, are you like a Pastor Jimmy Washington person? Are you into Big Mac Smack? Uh, what do you think go, of? I gotta go Big Mac Smack for lighting up in the ring, and he just does it so nonchalantly, and you're like, "Oh wait, this is 2001. Nobody there gave a shit." Yeah. This is after two, after four men just caught each other, caught each other open with light tubes and all just in horrific ways of being you could smoke at these shows i i went to a czw show when i was 13 i've talked about it we'll talk about it more extensively i'm not gonna do the whole thing now um but i i took like three drags off of a cigarette that an adult gave me in the ecw arena (laughs) on november 17th 2002 now let me say i was 13 and at this point i was already a person who would actively and often steal cigarettes from my mother and she knew but she wouldn't say she knew she wouldn't tell me she knew but she knew um and yeah you people smoke people this this is a different era it's a very different era 
Um, the oh man, the pre-match. Johnny Cashmere comes out. He quits the company. <laughs> um, excuse I never me. realized how much that Johnny Cashmere looks like. Okay, I always thought he, he obviously looks like he's a very swarthy man. He's very swarthy. Swarthy, he, okay. Well, I mean, how else? Do, he's no, no, no. It's, I, it's not a word like I use Armenian, often. He's just Italian. I don't know, but he also looks like Quackenbush. Oh come and on! That just, no. I don't think he, Something about him, something about his face is like, well, not Quackenbush, but something about his face, you're like, uh, I don't know. It worked for him <laughs> as a heel when you're, because he had a, a fucking hateable face. To when heel. was he ever not he, a heel, though? Like, even when he was uh, aligned as a face, he was a disgusting pervert. That was always his thing. Yes. Like, look was, at his uh, long sleeve, like, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe the texture of that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 extremely AJ Soprano. Yeah, yes, it's a it's he's he is a, that's man. All right, that's him. He's Robert Eiler, like season six. Robert Eiler Absolutely. is very much what Johnny Cashmere is. Um, so all right, so first of all, so this guy named Pastor Jimmy. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to break down some chronological stuff here. All right. Um, Pastor Jimmy Washington and his valet Natasha come out and they start talking uh, about God knows what. Johnny Cashmere comes out and slaps the shit out of him um, and grabs a microphone and says he's quitting the company for the second time, as John House tells us. Uh, and then, then go- Eric Gargiulo uh, actually confirms it's the third time in the last <laughs> eight months. Yeah, Cashmere is just uh, just like just like H. G. Soprano before him. He's very uh, back and forth, you know, developing the symptoms of bipolar disorder, just like his father has, um, and which is a very key thing in late seasons of Sopranos to watch uh, A. J. Soprano's uh, deterioration mentally. Uh, it's a thing people sleep on. It's a very important uh, part of that show. Uh, so if you're rewatching Sopranos, the late seasons especially, watch out for Robert Eiler with a sneaky good performance. <laughs> uh, Robert Eiler, you know, I think he's. I think he's snaky good. He's having a oh, uh, buddy I rose. I to say that Dylan uh, Dylan Hales doesn't like Maya Miyazaki, but likes Alley Cat, who's a real misogynist motherfucker. Yeah, Alley Cat. Um, shouts out to Alley Cat. Um, yeah. Double shouts hell match. out to the gent's wife. That's right, his two wives. Uh, uh, all right, Justice Payne comes out. Let's get on point. I don't know anything. Right. Bump, bump. Let's talk about Something the old um, CZ. Do you remember on CZW fans if someone would ask, what's this uh, wrestler's theme music? And people would always answer, I don't know anything by Mad Season. Do you remember that <laughs> recurring <Yes>. joke? <laughs> it's the thing that has stuck with me for over 15 years. Um, he comes out and John House, as he starts to cut a promo, uh, Justice Payne, a once-in-a-lifetime talent, <laughs> truly, um, he's got a guitar with light bulbs taped to it. Um, and he starts cutting a promo about how Johnny Cashmere needs to come out here and prove himself. And John House says the crowd is captivated. Um, uh, or he says he says they're completely silent. They're captivated, which is not what they are. They First that, of all, they can't understand a word of it because the fucking mic is blown out. <laughs> it's terrible. But also, it's just his pain. And he's like, again, once-in-a-lifetime talent. One of the shittiest people in the history of like almost mainstream wrestling like he could have been a you there's a universe where justice Payne gets a little more bulked up and he gets signed you know like he he, I, he could have a run i could see it at least in tna he was he almost was there not, 
he was not completely incompetent, but at the same time, he wasn't good. He was the specific kind of dumb you only get from that, like this, that that part of New Jersey, you know? Yeah, um, and that very specific kind of worker, early 2000s, like, when he slaps on an SDF in the match, and you're like, whoa, what what the hell is this? That's not even a particularly bad-looking SDF by standards, but you're like, what am I you doing in SDF? Yeah, well, he because he it's saw weird. he 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 had he got one tape of yeah. Japanese wrestling, and he saw somebody do it. Um, he calls Johnny Cashmere out. Um, he says that his partner, the wife beater, is hurt. Of course, the original Hate Club was Justice Payne and the wife beater, but a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Cashmere comes out. He's coerced into wrestling a death match in a long sleeve t shirt. Um, and so he's he's say so I, there's a moment, and we will put this at the beginning because it's the most important piece of audio that we heard uh, in any of these four matches. Um, and I won't describe it completely, but there's a moment where he's telling Cashmere that he's got a man up, um, which in my head I'm imagining the pre-match so i'm imagining zandig telling cashmere um listen son uh you want to be a big star in this company i see the fire in your eyes well listen our top star the wife beater he can't be here tonight he's supposed to work the main main event against jun kasai um i need you to step in now i know you don't even have your gear and you're wearing this white long sleeve t-shirt but i need you to get in there and take glass to the face for the first time ever. And Johnny Cashmere does it. Like, he full-on does it. And he's in there talking to Justice Payne, and Papa Roach hits, last resort, and, you know, cut my life into... And it's just like, I feel it. I feel it. And the lights go out, and Mondo and Jin Kasai come out, and you see Justice Payne, like, bouncing off the ropes... Um, you see people in the crowd holding light tubes because this is also a fans bring the weapons match. As ridiculous yeah. as that, we doing we're doing two of them on this show. They're um, like r- raising and lowering, like lifting them rhythmically in time to Last Resort by Papa Roach. Yeah. Uh, similar to the way that the crowd would hey ho to uh, Public Enemies entrance. It's it's very special, and it's it all made me feel like a twelve year old boy again. It like really brought me back. It was so good. It's so perfect. It, I I didn't expect to feel so nostalgic immediately from from this from the op from the pre match of this, which is so long. It's uh, so long. <laughs> but then the match is match is crazy. I don't know. There's a ton of stuff that we could talk about, but I feel like it's just about the atmosphere. It's like the sloppy reckless surrealism you know that cz like if you wanted to if somebody said what is an early czw match like like a good one then you show them something like this that's just it's like untrained like unkempt chaos uh i think unkempt is the best possible word for it because it's There's... there's no there's no um there's no logic to any of it it's just no there's it's children. It's, even, it's really, it's abs- there's one guy here who's trained, and it's John Kasai, and right. obviously John Kasai is an all-timer at this point, but... Um, He's also the craziest person in the match. Yeah. And he's not the guy who's gonna 
in like like twenty three year old Sean Kasai, twenty four year old, something like that. He's not the guy. He's not the guy who's the ring general. To, like, but if if CZW was about ring generalship in two thousand one, then I'm a fucking watermelon, you know. <laughs> no, that's not what it's about. It's it's about uh, it's about spirit. And man, there's a lot of spirit in this. It's about match. spirituality. There's a lot of there's a lot of essence. Yeah. There's a lot of humors. There's a lot of there's a lot of bodily fluids in this match. There's a uh, lot, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot is what's in here. Um, I I don't know. The, the, the huge portion of this match misses what Kashmir and Mondo are doing because it follows around Kasai and Justice Payne. You know, yeah. I mean, what that's... you you want to see the the international superstar? So that's that's the decision that's made. Um, there's good shit and there's funny shit. Uh, one of the funniest things that happens is uh, Justice Payne tries to do a rolling elbow while holding a light tube, but he like misses and like the light tube just goes flying like over some crowd members like heads and into the wall. Um, <laughs> No idea what, I mean, that's what he was going for. I don't know how he thought he was going to pull that off, but Justice Payne. It made sense in his mind, in his mind's eye. Uh, then there's a moment where a fan hands Jin Kasai something, like, uh, presumably to hit Justice Payne with. Um, but Jin Kasai just takes it and wipes it on his back, and then hands it back to the fan, who takes it back and then like a half second later you see a process in his brain that he's touching this person's blood and he just goes oh and he drops it to the ground (laughs) you can hear the guy (laughs) 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 fucking rules and you know frankly get the fuck out of here yeah you don't want junk size blood on your cardboard whatever the hell that is when i went to the nick gage invitational nick gage was cut he had a fucking michael jordan jersey that was covered in blood and he hugged me while he fucking wore it and i was okay with that i wear that shirt all the time it's a hollow notes shirt looks great you can't tell there's nick gage's blood on it it's also got takeda and kodaka's blood on it doesn't matter none of this matters those guys are those guys are fine they're clean (laughs) right relic now man that's like that's like you know that that's that's like touch a stranger's blood is all I'm that's saying. A, that's what you have to ward off the goddamn demons. It, well, yes. You know, the, that's a talisman. It, and it's going to make my immune system better is what it's really doing, uh, scientifically speaking. Um, yeah, touch a stranger's blood is all, I'm, is all we're saying. Touch a stranger's blood. Don't be afraid to touch a stranger's blood uh, or other fluids. Um, why are you using a toilet seat cover? You know, just sit on that motherfucker. It doesn't matter. You know? Anyways, that's a hot take. Uh, when we do finally see Kashmir and Mondo, um, Kashmir gets fucked up with a stuffed Easter bunny with light to- light bulbs like attached to it. Um, like immediately showing you that Kashmir, a non-deathmatch wrestler, by the way, it's very important to note, is fully down with fucking himself up for this. Um, there's a moment where he vaults to the top. Um, like he's going to do like a you know reverse flying crossbody. And there are light tubes sort of stood up against the post, sticking up above the post. And uh, Mondo pushes him over the post into those light tubes, which is sick, right? 
But then also there's nothing to catch him past the light tubes. And glass is not a great cushion for like a top rope to the floor bump. And he just falls and just smacks on the fucking ground. The ground of this. I think this was a firehouse, right? Was that the deal here? It's a fire department? It looks like one at least. I think that was the deal. Uh, Smyrna fire department thing. Yeah. Um, that that explained the whole, like the whole the the entire look of the the building and the lockers and all the of lockers that. where Jenkinsai grabs like, a a big boot out of one of the lockers and hits Justice Payne with it. Yeah, that's the biggest boot I've ever seen. I don't know why I made John House sound southern, but I I don't know. It's such a it's such a over the top reaction. John House's accent is transcendent of any kind of yeah. He's putting it on. It, it's not even like a mid-Atlantic thing. I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. It's great, though. He's, He's a great announcer. Gargiulo is a great announcer. Great announce team. Yeah. And uh, we are joined by uh, Max. <laughs> Max Mack and, and Justin, Justin Case. Case. Jesus uh, Christ. They're not contribute anything to the commentary. No. No, not at all. Um, I was uh, actually kind of sad when they added them to the booth, but whatever. Thought, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get some unfiltered uh, John House and and Eric Gertrulo at some point in the future, but absolutely. Um, I think it's cool. It's always exciting to see a, a non death match guy uh, rise to the occasion and like that corner bump. Also, I should note Z Bar is handcuffed to that ring post where the yes. where that spot happens, and so Glass just rains onto him. Um, I and think, we ne- <laughs> I think it's only then that he, that someone's like, oh shit. We've been wrestling like this entire match with this dipshit like handcuffed. Nobody's really, like like they do some Max Mac and uh, Justin Case do some uh, bimbofication. Is that the <laughs> way I can put it? Sure. Uh, Max Mac and Justin Case girl and girls chat. Yeah. Uh, but it's like it's very weird. It's um it's and then that's like the first time that they're like oh shit we we should get this guy off the. Post, huh? They never do uh, that. They never do, do I, they? He he does get freed at some point, okay. and then he just like leaves. Okay, and, and it's just like sure, CZW. Z bar is uh, he's he's really he's never he never gets the respect he was due. Um, yeah, it's crazy. This match is crazy. The double awesome bomb. You know, I when you say double awesome bomb, you just assume it's from the like inside to the floor right i, I hope that's yeah. assumed um they it's a running power bomb cashmere and justice Payne give jun kasai uh out of the ring over the top onto a board with light tubes taped to it lands on his head and this is the spot this is the famous spot that famously like cut him up so incredibly bad um it's just as fucked up as i remember this is like a legendary spot um the blood is like it's you know truly capital g gross uh and then wax of course fucking wax all caps w-h-a-c-k-s wax uh who at the time was just the photographer right yeah with some absurd earplugs yeah he had uh quite the gauge um, he, he comes over and he puts his can. So that was the thing with wax is he was just the photographer. Um, but he would always stand in the corner as like the glass shattered. And so almost every show, uh, wax would get cut up, um, while taking a picture. Wax is a legend. Of course he went on to wrestle death matches later on. Because at that point, why not? Right. I mean, he was also a piercing and tattoo artist, I believe. Yeah. And I believe he was, uh, I mean, I don't think. 
I mean, he was at like the NGR, not the NGR, the Tournament of Survival 2017, was he not? Oh, I have no idea. That's hilarious. Wait, yeah. no, yeah, I think he was in one of those. The ones with, like, yeah, like the the ones that wrestled, Nick Gage missed. Wrestled in it, but he was involved in it, and like the with the like with Zandig stuff, which is just yeah, Wax, Zandig. Wax. If you're out there, we'd love to have you on, Wax, Max, Mac. Um, you know, I I wonder if we could get anybody to come on this show. I wonder. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if we if if the quality is high enough. Uh, we get a few episodes under our belt. Uh, Spider Boudreau, we will be reaching out to you for an interview, perhaps. Um, Johnny fucking Cashmere takes his shirt off and yells, I'm doing it! And he fucking... He, <laughs> so he goes up to the top, and he's he's got Nick Mondo on the floor. He goes up to the top, he's going to do a dive onto the floor. Um, and he's... Nick Mondo is on top of a barbed wire board, stretched over four chairs. He goes up, he's going to do it. And then he gets down and he yells, I'm doing it. And he takes his shirt off because he wants to do it with no shirt on. And I guess also because that's what Jeff Hardy would do when he was about to do the fucking thing. <laughs> it's goes very, up. The age of Soprano is yeah. so strong. Yeah. It's, it, this, is, this is exactly the scene where he tries to hang himself in the pool or whatever it was. Put a bag yeah, over his head. and bag over his head. This in is the pool. That... <laughs> defeats the purpose of going in the pool AJ. right right this is uh, that spot um he just dies in the wire he fucking in the amount of time that it takes for him to take his shirt off and yell to the crowd i'm doing it rips that shirt off goes back up when he does his whisper in the wind twisting senton from the top to the barbed wire board there is no longer a nick mondo on it he just dies in the wire it's so fucking uh, funny <laughs> and then trin acid Shows back up, of course, the backseat boys, but at the time they're feuding. Uh, Trinacid throws Cashmere in the ring, and Kasai, losing an insane amount of blood, just comes in and gets the pin, and that's your finish. And then there's more bullshit. Yeah, they hit him with some more shit. It's fucking insane. Like, why doesn't this immediately cut? Why don't we immediately have him, you know, attended to? Nobody there spoke Japanese at all, but at the same time... Wax just taped this motherfucker up. Like, no, I don't think he did tape him up, though. I think he tried, and Jin Kasai was like, no, I have to do the finish. Because there's no tape on Jin Kasai. I guess. I thought if, I figured it just, like, the blood and sweat made me... Made, made, oh, it was no longer it. visible with, like, the low video yeah, quality or, we couldn't tell anymore? Well, that or that it, it just fell off. That's like, possible. Like, from activity. Yeah, it just like fell that. off. Like, but, like, someone, Immediately like, there was, like with some sort like some sort of authority like not to say that wax is uh the president of the company but wax is like they they all knew him and be like uh don't set his monkey tail on fire don't get this motherfucker back to the emts just t- take out his now and yeah. now justice pain hits him with the uh hits him for two he hits uh mondo finally with the uh light bulb guitar uh when trent acid is trying to set up it's so stupid yes yeah. it's, it's so czw because it's like another five minutes that we didn't really need yeah but that's what you want from czw you want teddy hart doing a like an extra four moonsaults yeah, onto Zandig, onto a carpet attack board for no reason. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. If it went, if it went somewhere, it wouldn't be CZW. Yeah, yeah. Jin Kasai doesn't come back for like ten years. 
It should be said, though, um, if you look at Cage Match, their results for uh, Big Japan, that era, are, are dog shit. So it'll, like, I, I think actually it's, but, like, he worked, he came back, like, he was, like, in a Big Japan match, like, two weeks later. After, sure. and as we'll see from this clip, it looks like, have you ever, like, reheated a chicken wing? <laughs> I mean, not, I, I try not to, but sure. You know, well, you know when like the like the bone just gets dark and it's it's so bad. I don't. It's I you so know what? Strange. I can't say I've ever reheated a bone in chicken wing because uh, I'm I'm afraid that I guess I'm afraid that this is what it would look like. So I I guess I get you. Yeah, I guess it's so bad. He's so swollen and it's so funny. But it, it's John Kasai. He's like, eh, you know, <laughs> he's having a great time. I mean, he seems like he's in some pain, but. He, not a particular pain. He's just in his boxers because they had to, because they set his monkey tail on fire with the pants, so he had to rip his pants off. Which sure, is, as you do, worse. as you know, you do what you have to. And this Jersey ass um, EMT nurse lady is, I don't even know. It's so funny. No, you get some and, really good stuff. The, this is the most Cherry Hill of all the stuff that we get. Um, most candid New Jersey bullshit. <laughs> Um, that's the three towns that I know uh, in South Jersey near Philly. Uh, Camden, Palmyra, Cherry Hill. Um, National Park, where uh, Nick Gage and Joseph Payne are from. Sure. Which is, okay. there are no, there is not a National Park. That's I don't the name know of a town? National yes, Park? Nas- yeah, National Park. It's a Camden suburb, which, what? that doesn't sound like a thing, does it? But nope. it is. <laughs> okay, it's a trailer park. Um, yeah. yeah, no, and we also get the classic Smart Mark video slow motion replays complete with sound breaking in slow motion and people going, oh, like in a very <laughs> chopped and screwed manner. I, um, I miss GCW having those. Yeah, no, I love the slow motion replays. Uh, it's it's essential. And, you know, if a match has a lot of glass in it, you need to do it because it's, I mean, like this in like the HD era, like, come on, why are we not doing this all the time? Um yeah. I guess they yeah, just assume you have like freeze frame, like you know you can just slow down the the video file or whatever. But do it for me, come on. Do do it for the art. Yeah, do it for the culture. Um, yeah. So uh, that that match is awesome. I love it, and it made me want to do more of that stuff. Um, like, look, I like fucking. Ozaki and Kudo is great. We got plenty to talk about with that, but in my head, like this this American trash is kind of where it's at for me. This is the like there's a class to FMW. Yeah. I, I like how gross this is. Yeah, you're not going to sell out Kawasaki Stadium with Johnny Cashmere and in a long sleeve t-shirt <laughs> with them on top. And actually this wasn't the main event. The main event was something with Lobo. Sure. Of course it was. Of course it was exactly wearing a uh, Punisher t-shirt. Yeah. I forget what the hell it was. Cause, uh, I don't know. Somebody was in it. I don't think it was a title match. Cause Zandig isn't on the show. I don't know what the, the hell boss. It was. Yeah, they they men- mention of him being in the in the United Kingdom, I believe. Which okay, what? Sure. Why was he on vacation? He wasn't working there. I don't know. Yeah, I can't find a record of him working there. It, 
Sure. You no, cage there. match stuff isn't as good for that era. Like, I'm sure Zandig was working a match there. Zandig was a highly sought-after talent in 2001. Um, yeah. I'm just laughing at the idea of, like, him doing demolitions there. Like, they called him back. The demolition man. That's such a good origin story. Not to get too into that, because we will have time to ruminate. I don't actually know anything about that stuff. I know nothing about pre-CCW Zandig, so that's something we will have have to explore. Yes, we will have time to ruminate upon the icon. Zandig isn't even on this show, which is kind of crazy, but his presence is felt. And he's also a heel, but because like Garjulo's pissed at him and the big deals I hate the big deals and it's like this is so weird it's all so weird there's a lot of lore there's a that's the thing about CZW is that um similar to you know season three of The Wire you can't really just jump in and know what's going on you know you've got factions you've got different squads and different uh different stories unfolding over over many years um and, and yet, like, another HBO, uh, claimed HBO show, season one, True Detective, uh, time is a flat circle, because it all comes right. back, and uh, Max Smack is the Yellow King. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, well, fuck, alright, there you go, Max Smack, the Yellow King. Um, God, I wish I had something to say about that, but that's that's really perfect. Um I think I hope we get more Max Smack, and I hope we get more. I don't want more just in case, but um, we don't really have any plans for the next episode except for we talked about doing a War Games match. But I feel like that might be off the table now. I think even that might be too classy. Um, more well, CZW, right? More IWA Mid South. Well, uh, more uh, CZW, more IWA Mid South, IW Deep South, IW East Coast. If it has an IW and IWA, even Japan is not very classy. No, definitely not. Uh, definitely not. But I want to. This is going to be a discourse. This right. is going to be a discourse on, and we want to examine all kinds of gross. But I feel like there is a certain comfort zone that we can always come back to, and it's this. It's yeah. This sort of this genre of barely trained, but completely willing to just die for a hundred and fifty salami meatheads people who we don't say gabagool in the philadelphia area but you say it because you're a fucking idiot and you want to go and see them hit each other with light tubes you brought the light tubes you tape the light tubes to a big pink bunny and yunkasai is going to hit someone with it and it's going to make your day it's going to make your month it's going to make your year whoa <laughs> uh and that's fucking beautiful that's something we can all relate to. Yeah. This is about, you know, Felix Biederman and John Boys, they had, you know, fighting in the age of loneliness or whatever. This is dying in the age of loneliness, baby. Yeah. It's uh, it's about bleeding black and yellow. Um, just like Zandig must have asked Johnny Cashmere, um, do you want to be made tonight? Like, do it for yes. the company. This is your company as much as it's mine if you're willing to bleed black and yellow. So go out there. Uh, in the firehouse of Smyrna, Delaware, and let's cut your ass open. Let's see what you bleed. Let's see what colors you bleed. And that's what it's all about. <laughs>